And welcome to Taxing Matters, your one-stop audio shop for all things tax, brought to you by RPC. My name is Alice Kemp, and I will be your guide as we explore the sometimes hostile and ever-changing landscape that is the world of tax law and tax disputes. Taxing Matters brings you a fortnightly roadmap to guide you and your business through this labyrinth. In case any of you miss any crucial information or just want some bedtime reading, there is a full transcript of this and indeed every episode of Taxing Matters on our website at www.rpc.co.uk forward slash taxing matters. Today, making her triumphant return to the Taxing Matters recording studio, well, Zoom call, is Michelle Sloan. Michelle is a partner in the Tax Disputes Regulatory and Financial Crime Team at RPC and is well versed in today's topic, the execution of search warrants by HMRC, more commonly known as Dawn Raids. Michelle, in fact, holds the honour of having flown to the location of a Dawn Raid in a helicopter, which is almost more dramatic than the image of HMRC breaking the door down. Michelle, welcome to Taxing Matters. Thanks, Alice. It's good to be back. So, Based on a range of television programmes, people probably have the idea that a dawn raid starts when bulletproof vest-wearing officers dressed all in black bust the door down with a well-placed kick and then a number of people pour into a house shouting, freeze. Is that anything like what actually happens with an HMRC dawn raid? Well, actually, it's a bit of a mixture. HMRC target a mix of commercial and domestic premises when they conduct raids. So it is unusual for a door to be broken down. More often it is just a knock. However, there was this one case, though, that I had a couple of years ago where HMRC turned up at a big mansion and the front raw iron bar gates were about two kilometres from the house. HMRC rang the buzzer on the gates and there was no answer. So then, rather than wait for an answer or ring, they basically got their car, revved it up and then drove through the raw iron gates And we later found out that the damage that it caused to the front of the car actually caused it to be written off. (laughs) So you would be surprised. In some instances, some exciting stuff does happen. So in terms of the raid, there will be a number of officers and they do wear security vests, but they are not the black-clad commandos of Hollywood's imagination. A raid generally involves HMRC commencing a search of the suspect's premises very early in the morning, usually between 6 to 7am, and it generally involves multiple officers gaining entry with the bulletproof vests on. The biggest raid I've been involved in was Newcastle United Football Club back in April 2017. In that case, there were over 50 HMRC officers in St James's Park. A raid is obviously a very heated and stressful situation. Whilst a raid might seem a remote possibility, in the year ended 31 March 2019, HMRC conducted 1,482. So that is a high number. We do expect that to increase given the financial pressure the government is currently under due to the pandemic. So now we've partially busted the myth of the dawn raid, where do we really start to think about dawn raids? 
a lot of people think it won't happen to them. But as I just said earlier, they are increasing in number and what businesses need to do at the outset and be thinking about now, no matter what size the business is, is having a policy in place in terms of an action plan to follow if raided. The first people to respond to a raid, given they generally start at 6 to 7am, are security guards or receptionists. So they need to know what to do in the event of the raid. It can't just be the legal team or the compliance team within a company. I would also recommend some mock raid scenarios and training take place within a business. There may also be an arrest that follows as a result of a raid, and it generally happens at the same time. So the directors and or key decision makers may be at the police station and then obviously they're not going to have any access to phones to provide instructions so they there are within an organization a lot of people that need to know the policy and what to do gives HMRC or in fact any other investigator the power to conduct a dawn raid? A search warrant is the authority. In respect of HMRC raids, these are generally issued under Section 8 of the Police and Criminal Evidence Act 1984. I understand that this was talked about on another episode, so if listeners want to know about the criteria, they can refer to that episode. Basically, from a practical point of view, the search warrant is the starting point. The first thing to do in a raid is ask for a copy of the search warrant and look at what is the address HMRC are authorised to enter. What are they looking for? What are the date ranges relating to what entities and people? What are the dates they can enter and in particular what is the expiry date? So in HMRC raids they generally only get to enter once so they have to conduct it then even if it goes on until the early hours of the morning. You also need to look at who issued the warrant and what was the specific authority. Why was it issued and are there any time limits on, on it for example? Does it relate to electronic devices only? Does it permit a search for excluded items, for example, medical records? How many people are allowed in the search? You will be surprised. There are often mistakes on these search warrants, so it is worth going through all these in detail to see if any initial challenges can be made. On one of my cases, they got the wrong company name and that company was not registered at the premises. They were searching. And this does often happen with complicated corporate structures. So most of these questions just posed can be easily answered by just reading the warrant. But other factors may not be so easy to spot. Okay, so we have officers at the door with a warrant. What are the top tips for the first steps needed? As I said earlier, it's likely to be the security guard or receptionist. So they are to request the names of the HMRC officers in attendance and their ranks. To ask the HMRC officers to provide them with the search warrant or authorisation and that will have the sealed court stamp on it. And then they should make a copy of that so that it can be distributed to the wider team dealing with the raid and then they should request the HMRC officers to wait in another room away from the public view. This is 
particularly important if a business is continuing to operate as normal. Then immediately instruct solicitors to advise and send them a copy of the warrant. In relation to the warrant, it's good to take a copy of it by telephone so then it can easily be sent as a text message or a WhatsApp message to your legal team and other people that have an interest. So what about things like servers, hard drives or computer systems? On arrival, a manager or senior member of the organisation should examine the warrant or authorisation and check the things that we've just spoken about. The manager or senior member of the organisation should request that the search is not commenced until the legal team have arrived on site. So what other than preparation is key to remember during the conduct of a search warrant? Well, the IT system should be examined with solicitors and IT staff in attendance. All HMRC investigators have specialist departments with which access IT matters. And during a raid, they usually have a couple of representatives from that specific team on site. IT equipment obviously holds stuff that is relevant within the scope of the warrant and irrelevant material completely outside the scope of the warrant. So it is very difficult for a computer to be sifted for relevant material on site because of the amount of data that is held within it. So what generally happens is the IT is uplifted under Section 50 of the Criminal Justice and Police Act 2001. Under these provisions, the material was seized in the initial sift to see if there is any material relevant. The search warrant sifting is then done at a later date and your solicitor will basically have a lot of correspondence with the HMRC in relation to this to agree a process and protocol as to how this is going to be carried out. It is important that you don't obstruct the HMRC officers if they insist on beginning the search before the solicitors arrive. What would obstruction be? We are recommending that each HMRC officer, if practicable, is accompanied during the raid in or around the premises and they are not left unattended because they could be looking at stuff outside the scope of the warrant or lifting stuff that is outside the scope of the warrant. So people should be shadowing HMRC and also making sure that anything that they uplift isn't privileged or excluded material. But you cannot obstruct them, for instance, using force or telling them that they cannot look in a particular jaw and then blocking it off. If they ask any questions as well, if it's where, say, the employer records are, it's fine to answer them to say that it's in the filing cabinet. But if they start questioning you or trying to conduct an interview into the business and its arrangements, you should not answer any of those questions and you're not under any obligation to do so. The big thing as well is don't destroy, hide or tamper with any material. There should also be caution around passwords. The warrant may or may not require you to hand over passwords or access codes. There is also a power in Section 49 of RIPA for investigators 
to require you to hand over passwords. They just can't force you to hand them over, but it's offence punishable by up to two years if you fail to do so. So what about privileged material? The warrant excludes the uplift of privileged material. If you can make a claim for privilege at the time and try to indicate which material was privileged and why. It is unlikely the investigators will entertain a blanket privilege claim, but they should take assertions of privilege into account, and if there is any dispute, it gets bagged separately to be considered at a later date. HMRC often bring an independent counsel to the raid, and they will make a determination. But if you still disagree with independent counsel's view, it will be considered by another counsel at a later date, And if there is still disagreement, the court will decide. And what happens at the end of the search? After the search, you should be supplied by HMRC with a copy of all records and materials seized. The important thing to do whilst you are shadowing is to make sure that what is written down on those property control sheets matches the material that they are seizing. So make sure you keep a copy of those records and then everyone who has been part of the raid should type up an attendance note of exactly what happened at the raid and any questions HMRC asked because obviously HMRC investigations can take years and years so memories will fade so it's really important to get a contemporaneous note written down at the time. Great. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for. Thank you very much to Michelle Sloan for taking us through top tips for surviving a dawn raid. Join us next time for Musings on the Development of the Authority of HMRC with David Goldberg QC. If you have any questions for me or Michelle or any topics you'd like us to cover in a future episode, please do email us on taxingmatters at rpc.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. As ever, a big thank you goes to Josh McDonald, who does all of the work pulling each episode together. Our music is from musical genius Andrew Waterson, who also produces each episode. And of course, a big thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. If you like Taxing Matters, why not try RPC's other podcast offering, Insurance Covered, which looks at the inner workings of the insurance industry, hosted by the brilliant Peter Mansfield, and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and our website. If you like this episode, please do take a moment to rate, review and subscribe and remember to tell a colleague about us. Thank you all for listening and talk to you again in two weeks. Bye.